You're listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente on today's edition. 90 times in these 53 verses in Leviticus 19 and 20, the word shall is used. And each time when it says you shall, each time is an opportunity for you and I to say yes to God. 90 times, over and over. So God says, you want to grow? Yes, I want to grow. Okay, here. Do you want to grow here? Yes, I want to grow here. Yes, yes, yes. And over and over, he comes to us and gives us opportunities to grow. Having an encounter with the living God is nothing short of life-changing, but it's not supposed to be just a one-time event. God has a plan for each of us to grow and become more and more like Jesus. Pastor Holland will be sharing about this process of sanctification and how we can be holy because even as God is holy, there is so much more to the Christian life than the initial prayer for salvation. God wants you to have an abundant life and an intimate, everyday relationship with you. Let's join Pastor Holland in the book of Leviticus chapter 20 as he begins his message, Live Above the Norm. Well, today we're going to be in Leviticus chapter 20, kind of bouncing around in some different scriptures. We looked at Leviticus 19 and 20, um, looking at the holiness laws. I never thought that I would enjoy studying the holiness laws, but it was so awesome especially when you understand kind of the, the thought behind that. And we'll cover some of that. But the section of Scripture that we're looking at, in the, it begins actually in chapter 19, verse 2, with the statement, Be holy, for I am holy. Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel. Say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You shall be holy, for I am holy. Now, we're going to talk about what holiness means in a minute, but before we get there, I want us to understand how do we become holy? What's the process that you become holy by? You know, how does that happen in your life? Because the Lord says, you shall be holy. Now, what's interesting, that verb there, you shall be, is a very interesting word, the tense and everything, because the word suggests that that holiness is working in you. That holiness is something that is working actively in you. So when God says you shall be holy, what he's saying is holiness is working in you. Whether you're aware of it or not, whether you understand that or not, whether you feel it or not, whether you see the results of it or not, holiness is working inside of you actively. But it's something that will be completed in the future. It will be finished in the future. How many of you can say amen to that? Like, you know, you're not done yet. God's not done working in you what he wants to work in you. And that gives me great comfort, you know, because I look at myself and I think, oh, man, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I used to be. But thank God I'm not going to be where I'm going to be because holiness is working. His spirit is working actively within me. And it's going to be completed in the future. The other way that you can look at this word and interpret this word is that holiness is experiencing the future today. It's something that is happening into my life today that is giving me a glimpse of the future, what I'm going to be. And so on one hand, you are declared holy by God when you are born again. God says you are holy. You may not see it, may not feel it, but he sees you that way. He sees the future today. 
On the other hand, holiness is a process by which you are transformed from the inside out by the power of God. God working in your life from the inside out. He's doing the work. It's not something you choose. It's not something you strive for, you hope for. It is something that God does in you by his Holy Spirit. And the question is, are you going to let him? Will you let him work inside of you? And so when God says, you will be holy for I am holy, you can see by how the process is that there are several layers of meaning that come with the idea of being holiness. And the first layer of meaning when God says be holy is that our holiness comes from God. Holiness is something that is given to you by God. It's a gift. Leviticus 28 says, and you shall keep my statues and perform them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. That word sanctify means to make you holy. So it is God that makes you holy. Isaiah prophesied, everyone who is called by my name, who I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. And so God makes you physically, but God also makes you spiritually. It's his work in your life. He is the one who makes you holy. It's a work of the Spirit. It's not something you can do for yourself. You can't make yourself holy through your actions. But the mechanism that God uses to produce holiness in us is by giving us opportunities to grow through obedience. He gives us opportunities to step into the life that he made us to live. And it's up to us to step into that opportunity, to grow through that opportunity, or to reject that opportunity. And so this brings us to the second layer of meaning about holiness, and that is holiness is a process that we participate in. It's something that God is doing, but it requires participation on our part. God gives us the opportunities to grow through supernatural grace encounters, that elevate us, that lift us up, that raise us up, that literally resurrect our lives above the norm. In fact, that's one of the definitions of holiness. It means above and beyond. I'll get to that in a second. Ninety times in these 53 verses in Leviticus 19 and 20, the word shall is used. And each time, when it says you shall, each time is an opportunity for you and I to say yes to God. 90 times, over and over. So God says, you want to grow? Yes, I want to grow. Okay, here. Do you want to grow here? Yes, I want to grow here. Yes, yes, yes. And over and over, he comes to us and gives us opportunities to grow. But here's what's powerful. When we say yes, how we say yes to God is through our actions, by responding to him. When he says Do this, and we do it. We're saying yes to him. But when we say yes to him, he puts his yes to our yes. It's like you say, do you want to grow? Yeah, yeah, Lord, I want to grow. Yes! That's what he does. It's like massive. He's just waiting for you to say yes. And as soon as you say yes, he's boom. It's full on. All his power, all his might goes into that yes. And his power is released in my life, and I'm raised up, resurrected, 
to new life supernaturally. It's a supernatural encounter. The life we've been given by God is a life that is above the norm. It's above the norm. In fact, it's super normal. It's above the natural. That word super means above. It's beyond. In fact, that, that is the definition of holiness, above and beyond. It means to be separate, to be different from, to be above and beyond. Or in the words of my grandson's favorite person, to infinity and beyond. That's what it is. It's above and beyond. It's the supernatural life. And that's what God gives us. It's above the norms of culture. It's above the norms of our upbringing. It's above the norms of our traditions. It's above the norms of our beliefs. It's above the norms of our experiences. It's supernatural. It's a supernatural life. It's separate. It's different from the way the world operates. You see, the world operates through logic, right? Like when you talk to people, that doesn't make sense to me. Why would God do that? Or the world operates by justice. That's not fair. Or this is the right, this is wrong. Or the world operates by rules and regulations. But God doesn't operate that way. God operates in a whole different plane because God operates according to love. Everything God does is motivated by love. Every decision he makes is motivated by love. And so a holy life is a life that is governed by the love of God. It's governed by God's love. It sees people through the lens of God's love. It responds to circumstances through the lens of God's love. In Leviticus 19.18, it says, You shall not take vengeance nor bear a grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. It's the most famous verse in Leviticus. Jesus quoted from this verse often. And we see it quoted throughout the New Testament. And so the basis of the holiness laws is loving one another. Loving one another with the love of God. That's what I want. If I want to follow God, if I want to be his representative, then I'm going to love you the way he loves you. I'm going to see you the way he sees you. I'm going to respond to you the way he would respond to you. Paul wrote to the Galatians in Galatians 5, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Worship Life Radio with Holland Davis will continue right after this. Hi, this is Holland Davis, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Clemente. And I just want to take a moment and invite you to come and visit us at one of our Sunday morning services or to our midweek Bible study. Calvary Chapel San Clemente is a Jesus people community right here in the city of San Clemente, California. You know, we identify with our roots in the Jesus movement because that's where I came to Christ. And of course, that's where Calvary Chapel was born. 
When you come to our church, you're going to find a church that loves to worship the Lord with song. We love to study God's word verse by verse, and we love to share the love of God with other people. If that's the kind of church you're looking for, consider visiting us. You can find out all about us online at calvarysancomeni.org. We look forward to worshiping with you soon, and may God richly bless you. Now, let's continue with today's edition of Worship Life Radio. So as we've seen, you know, we've come out of Exodus. God sets us free. We're liberated. But what are we free to do? We're not free to go back into bondage. We're not free to go back. And, you know, people say Jesus died on the cross and I have the liberty. So, you know, let's go have beers after church. Jesus didn't die on the cross so you could have a beer. He died on the cross so that you could use that freedom to love to love one another, to love him. It's what is the loving thing to do. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, love. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. You know, love is the evidence of holiness in our lives. If we're truly living a life that is set apart for God, it will be evidenced by love. As Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, agape love, the love of God. Now, the third layer of meaning is this, that our holiness is rooted in our identity. Your holiness is rooted in who you are. And who you are is simply this, you belong to God. You're his. God says, you are mine. In Leviticus 20, 26, he says, I have separated you from all the peoples that you should be mine. You belong to me. You may have been an accident. Like your parents went, oops, we didn't plan this. And you may have felt like you were an accident your whole life. But God says, I've always planned for you. You're not an accident to him. God says, you belong to me. There's no accidents in the world. There's no mistakes. There are people who belong to God. The question is, do you want to be his? Do you want what he has for you? Do you want to live a life that is above the norm, that is above and beyond? Are you satisfied with living with little? Because he has so much more he wants to give you. You know what's so powerful about this scripture, verse 26, that word mine in the Hebrew is the word ani. And whenever you see this word in scripture, it's a name of God. When God said, when Moses said, who do I say has sent me? Or Abraham, who do I Moses, Moses. Who do I say has sent me? Moses says, say, I am has sent you. Ani. Ani means I am. Say, I am has sent you. So if you look at the scripture, it says, I have separated you from the peoples that you should be I am. That you should be, I am. Now, what is God saying in this? 
What he's saying is that once you are born of the Spirit, once you are born again, your identity changes. You are no longer your own. You now have become one with God. Now, in the scripture, when uh, Eve was one with Adam, right? You had Adam and then you had Eve. They became one flesh. From that point forward, you don't see them say Adam and Eve. You only see them say Adam. But in the name Adam is assumed Adam and Eve because they are one. They're one. So what is God saying here? He's saying when you become born again, you become one with God. And so when he refers to you, he's like, I am. I've set you apart that you should be I am, that we're one, we're together. And anything that the Father has, he gives to the Son. And anything that the Son has, he gives to us. We're joint heirs with Christ. Everything that the Father has given to the Son has been given to us. You are the wealthiest person in the universe if you can grasp that concept. You'll never have a lack in your life. You'll never feel deficient. You'll never feel like you're not enough because God himself is living within you. And he sees you as one with him. This is what the whole book of Leviticus is all about. This is what God has been after from the book of Genesis when man was separated from God. God has wanted to get back to this oneness with man. And the other thing that's powerful about this word, the tense of the verb suggests that there are no limitations. Anyone, any person, any age, male, female, in any number, can become one with God. There's no limitations here. God didn't choose some people for destruction and some people for heaven. God chose everybody to be one with him. And there's no limitation on it. You have the invitation to be one with him. And so the only thing that can keep you from it is you. You can say, I don't want that. I don't want to be one with God. But his desire is to be one with you. Now, there are three words that define our identity, who we are in the Old Testament. First is B'nai Israel, where Israel is referred to as the children of God. The children of God, B'nai Israel. Leviticus 1 reads, Now the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tabernacle of meeting, saying, Speak to the children of Israel. And that's how God sees you. God sees you as his son. God sees you as his daughter. You are his child. And like any good father, any good father, God cares for his kids. God cares for his children. Isaiah 43 says, But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. And I have called you by your name. You are mine. You know, this world calls you by a label. This world is all about labeling people. Are you LGBTQ, RST, UV, WXYZ? Are you 
transgender? Are you BLM? Are you conservative? Are you Republican? Are you Democrat? Are you independent? The world wants to put a label on you. And when it puts a label on you, it judges you. It categorizes you. It fits you into its schematic, into its plan. It forms you into its image. But God doesn't do that. God calls you by your name. He knows who you are. Because he made you. And he loves you the way that he made you. The way that you are. Now, he also loves you too much to leave you the way you are. And so he's working in our lives. But he says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God says he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. But he is with you. And when you're going through the storms, when the waters are rising all around, when the floods look like they're going to overtake you or the fire is about to burn you, and you're crying out, God, where are you? He says, I am right there with you. I'm going through it with you. And I'm the one who is saving you. I'm the one who's sustaining you. I'm the one that's carrying you through. Sometimes we think it's us. Boy, I really got through that one. That was a hard one. Not realizing that even now, right now, with what you are going through, God is carrying you in his everlasting arms. And even if your life falls apart, your life is going to fall apart in his arms because that's where he's got you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. I remember when 9-11 was happening and people were saying, where's God in the midst of it? And there were some voices that were saying, well, God is judging America. It just made me angry to hear that. And I actually was surprised. You know, the, the rabbis got in on Fox News and they said, you know, as, as Jewish people, we would never blame God for anything like this. God is love. God is our savior. He's our provider, our sustainer. He goes, do you know who we blame? We blame the terrorists. They're the bad guys, right? How often in our lives do we blame the wrong person? We blame ourselves. We blame someone else instead of putting the blame where it really belongs, and that is the enemy that hates you, that wants to destroy you that has been working and doing everything in his power to wipe you out. Why? Because he knows that if you ever got in touch with who you are in Christ and walked in it, you would destroy him. Thank you for listening today. When I was a young man, Jesus made himself known to me. I was sitting in a Bible study and I heard an audible voice say, Holland, I love you. And those words changed my life. And you know, those words can change your life today as well. You know, Jesus said, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And today you can begin that eternal everlasting life by praying a simple prayer and mean it with all your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. I want to live my life for you. Forgive me for everything I've done to offend you. Forgive me for breaking your law. I want to surrender to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. And if you've done that, you're born again. You've been listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente. We're so glad you took the time to learn from God's Word today, and we hope you'll tune in next time. Right now, you can hear more messages by visiting our website, calvarysanclemente.org. Just click on Teaching. Feel free to download and share the messages you find there, and we pray they're a blessing to you. We'd love to connect with you on social media, too. You can find us on many platforms by following the links available at our website. And be sure to like our pages and stay up to date with all the latest information. Are you in the San Clemente area? If so, we have a seat waiting for you at Calvary Chapel San Clemente this Sunday. We gather to worship at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m., and we have a Bible study on Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. that you're welcome to be a part of. You can get directions and more information by visiting calvarysanclemente.org. If you're not able to be with us in person right now, that's okay. We're streaming our services live every week on our website, as well as on YouTube and Facebook Live. Just visit our website for all the information you need to connect. One more time, that's calvarysanclemente.org. Is there anything we can be lifting up to the Lord in prayer for you? Please let us know by calling us at 949-228-9117. That's 949-228-9117. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in to Worship Life Radio. Every one of us is on a journey of grace. God wants you to be free and full of joy. Pastor Holland's message series, A Journey of Grace, will help you discover how to live the abundant life that Jesus promises to give you today. Order your personal copy of A Journey of Grace at worshipliferadio.com.